Okay, so this is our first episode, I guess. I yes. guess. No, I- I'm sure this is my first episode. <laughs> I'm not guessing. So, yeah. who are you on my computer screen right now? I am Stephanie. I am from Massachusetts. Well, I'm from Belo Horizonte, Brazil. But I've been living in Massachusetts for like 10 years. And this is our podcast. And who are you? Me, I'm Carol. Um, from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo, right? Like New York, New York, but Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo. And I've been living here in Orlando, Florida for like almost four years now, I think it is. I don't know the numbers exactly. I don't count days. Anyways, and yeah, this is our podcast. Oof. So why did we create this podcast? Well, I think it's a lot of reasons, but... I was thinking about that, like how every podcast, every single podcast, they cover all the same cases, and it's, you know, only stuff that people already know about, and, you know, even though you might already know some of the cases that we're going to talk about, they are more than likely going to be stuff that you don't really know, and we're focusing on Brazilian crimes, or crimes, you know, in Latin America, mainly, and yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited too. Um, yeah, I grew up watching a lot of news footage about a ton of these cases, so I was just very impressed that no one had done anything with them before. So <laughs> I know, right? Like, I always like I have this conflict with myself. Like, should I email them about this and like ask people to do stuff? Yeah. But I'm like, well, why shouldn't I do them? You know? Yeah, true. It's funny because I have like emailed a really big murder podcast before about two cases and they never really read the emails so you're lost (laughs) which ones um i emailed them about uh bruno oh uh, man goalkeeper and about um this one case that i saw where this couple they were like killing people and Mm -hmm. making empanadas with them oh my god really yeah, we'll talk about that case, guys. Don't worry about it. Don't copy my idea, though. Whoever's <laughs> listening to this, don't don't go researching. My case. Don't go researching anything. Dude. Stop your fingers. Don't type Brazilian crimes on Wikipedia. <laughs> I wonder what I never did. I never like searched that. I wonder what pops up. Oh, I don't. Probably know. like the first one we're doing today but true yeah true yeah we're starting with a really big one guys yeah this is like the ted bundy of brazil Mm. like the biggest uh serial killer case in brazil probably but since i love talking about myself not really (laughs) um i think (laughs) i think we should talk about like why do we like true crime i feel like that's something that everyone says in their first episode Mm -hmm. and some people might find it relevant okay so why do you love true crime stephanie I am just a weirdo. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've liked like um, horror movies since I was little. It's funny because I used to be terrified of Chucky when I was like four oh, or five, man. and we had the same knife that he used to kill <gasps> people at my house. And my mm-hmm. mom always tells me that like I used to run and start screaming if I saw the freaking knife. But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's how it started. I used to watch a lot of. Um, TV shows that talk about crime, um, like a lot of the cases that at least I'm going to be 
like tried to bring to this podcast are from mm-hmm. this TV show called Linha Direta, which is sort of like America's Most Wanted. Yeah, but I've seen that parallel like really often. Yeah, because um, they used to cover a lot of cases that were like unsolved mm-hmm. and post like the pictures of the perpetrators or whatever. And there mm-hmm. was also a lot of um, crime like coverage on uh, Programa do Ratinho. I don't no, know if you remember, yeah. like back in yeah. the 90s. So, um, yeah, I think that's why I like it. And, yeah. <laughs> I think, What about you? Yeah, I think I got really interested in true crime because of, like, the way it kind of was covered in Brazil. You know, here, it's always kind of like you see the same, like, two pictures of it, like, always and stuff. And there, like, I don't know if it's less stigma or what, but, like, even, like, researching the case we're doing today... It's like you see the pictures of the bodies like 15 times like they just show it like no warning like pat in your face I'm like oh okay <laughs> but yeah like it's like people they don't seem scared to like be talking about that so it's a lot of detail I remember like seeing those details like as a kid and being like interested in them not not like a weird way but like you know how do you solve them and how do like how do they yeah. find out about this and like You know, like, putting the pieces together, like, on a puzzle to, like, solve the case and seeing, like, why would this person do this, you know? Especially on those cases that are seeming like a normal person and all of a sudden, like, this shit happens and you're like, oh my god, you know, why? I think it's the why, the question why I'm interested. It's funny that you mentioned about the crime scene because I remember the first, like, crime... Well, it's not really, like, a crime, it's more like an accident, but, like, the first dead bodies that I ever saw were uh, Mamona's Assassinas. I remember I saw, like, there were, in case you guys don't know, you probably don't know, they were, like, this really big band in Brazil in the 90s, and they died on a plane crash. And I remember seeing, like, the bodies with no heads, and I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to be seeing this. But I still looked. (laughs) Like, looked through every single picture. (laughs) Brazil in the 90s was just, like, a no-man's land, like, media-wise, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting to, like, look back and go, like, people would go crazy about this if it was on TV today. Right? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like a lot of people see Brazil as this place where, like, It's either beautiful or either, oh like, God. a ton of robberies. Yeah, but it's they either don't realize... jungles or favelas. Just, like, yeah. There's no middle ground. Definitely. And yeah. they don't realize that there's, like, serial killers in yeah. different countries. Even in, like, podcasts that I've listened to, I see that, like, people are typically surprised that, I don't know, there's a serial killer in Germany or whatever. In so. Russia, people go, like, oh, my God, what do you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So It's crazy. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean... I think it's good to, like, um, introduce, like, a little bit of variety to that, you know, genre, because, yeah. I mean, we're tired, I mean, I'm not, we're tired of listening about, like, Ted Bunny, Marmory, you know, it's like... Yeah, it's I mean, like, Jeffrey I mean, Dahmer is my favorite serial killer, yeah. but I, I think I know but everything you can I need only, to know like, about him. <laughs> listen to so much information about it, you know, it's, exactly. it's like, yeah. Yeah, and, um... I think we should put out a disclaimer. Um, oh, yes. This is obviously not appropriate for little kids. Like, don't come complaining mm-hmm. if your kid heard that a woman yeah. was raped or something. Yeah. And, yeah, like... Yeah, we're I talking mean, about really, like, sensitive topics and, you know, violence and stuff. So if you get squeamish about that, like, it's not a bad thing. If you think you'll be bothered about it, it's okay. We're not going to be upset. You know, you can't yeah. turn it off. It's all right. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I'm going to try not to make inappropriate jokes, but I don't guarantee that that's not going to happen. Yeah. So. We're just trying to focus the jokes on the 
piece of shit we're talking about today, not exactly. on the women, not on the victims. Yeah. yeah. And um, another thing, we are going to be pronouncing the names in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So if you don't really understand what we say, or if we just speak too fast or whatever, you can always ask us about it on Instagram or mm -hmm. Twitter. We created a page, and we'll put all the mm -hmm. information at the end of the podcast. Cause yeah, no one... all the names. And... Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So who are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about the Park Maniac. The yeah, maniacal Dubaki. <laughs> yeah. So I've always kind of interested about this case, but I never really like researched into it. And because like you picture a park in your head and you think of like families doing barbecue and stuff, I literally thought it was like a guy like going around, you know, like mess murdering people, like you know, like <laughs> shooting like a lot of people in this, you know, the park maniac. But it's not the case at all. It's a little more complicated than that, and very much more gruesome than that. Yeah, I um, I actually sort of, like, knew a little bit of, about this case because there was so much coverage on it when mm -hmm. I was little. and But, like, I only knew that he was a creep that killed people. I didn't know, like, every single detail. I probably have seen, like, shows with the details, mm -hmm. but my brain chose to make me yeah. forget about them. So, yeah. And you used the word creep. I saw a picture on doing the research for all this. It's like a poster they put up when they're looking for him. They, yeah. The picture, like the way they name him, is like the. Oh my god, what was it? It was like the creep from Sao Paulo, like or like the the perv, the perv, <laughs> the, the translation, tada, the perv. And I'm like, yeah. it's not a perv. It's so much more, you know. He's it's like a this. It's so like the word is just so little to describe. It's just like, is the bar too low or what? Yeah, it's, one thing oh that God. I think uh, we should point out, um, I was watching a few documentaries on this, mm -hmm. um, doing the research for this case, and I saw a lot of victim blaming, uh, oh, yes. which is very common in Brazil, especially yes. with rape. I feel like in developing countries, the victim is always the one to blame for rape. And you'll see that, um, well, some of you might think that the victims were a little bit naive in their actions, but you have to remember, this is the 90s. Uh, mm. The 90s in Brazil is sort of like the equivalent of the 70s here. Yeah. Everybody trusted everyone. The kids were playing mm. on the streets and like no one locked their doors. Well, most people. So don't judge the women in this case mm. by their actions. That was just normal back then. Yeah, it's not just like being normal, you know, I think when you sell something well to someone that might be like he says that he looked for women that were, you know, like seemingly lonely. like lonely, yeah. like, you know, head down and stuff like yeah. he is looking for a type, you know, and that happens, exactly. unfortunately. So it's not on them. It's not like in any way on them, you know, I think anyone yeah. could be successful to like some kind of situation like that if you were like in the right kind of upset yeah i feel like people who listen to true crime podcasts they're sort of like used to not blaming the victim but i felt like mm -hmm. i should put this out just in case there's like mm -hmm. a middle-aged brazilian man listening because you know <laughs> how they are sexist as hell well. so <laughs> maybe i'll send this to my dad he won't maybe. be interested oh my, <laughs> oh my god like the thought of my parents listening to this it's like it makes me cringe because they're gonna, I, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, I don't want you talking about it. Yeah, yeah no, my mom but, wouldn't be surprised, I mean, but my dad would be like, don't you have better things to do with your life? <laughs> my dad doesn't speak English, so it's, I have that on my 
side of court now. It's good. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm okay. He will never find out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hope he doesn't ask me, like, what are you talking about? And, like, like explain and, like, tell him live, you know? But, yeah. ugh. Jeez. So, um, how did this happen? Tell us. Okay, so we're starting with on July 3rd, 1998. Selma Fajeda Kedos, she was a pharmacy clerk who was about to turn 18. She went down to, like, down to her, um, office, her, not office. The pharmacy. Fucking hell. The, the, the pharmacy. She was being fired and she went to, like, never run some errands and, you know, finish that chapter of her life, I guess. And she was supposed to come back home to watch a soccer match between Brazil and Denmark. Isn't this, like, the most Brazilian story ever, though? I know. Right? There's, like, so many stuff. <laughs> That's such, like, a Brazilian family thing. Yeah, let's get know, right? together like, and watch the soccer match. On. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude. So, uh, she was supposed to be coming back home to watch the soccer match and called her family around 3 p.m. to let them know that she wouldn't make it. She decided she was going to watch it. At a at the Sesc Square, which is like in the center of São Paulo, it's really like populated and stuff. It's not like, you know, it's some random corner of the city. And she was, they had like, um, like big screens and stuff televising the game. So she, you know, stopped there and watched it. But then that's when she went missing. Her sister Sarah, after a little bit of while, she got a phone call saying that Selma was kidnapped because of a drug debt. Yes, <laughs> the man on the other end of the line was asking for a thousand reais in ransom. How much is that in dollars? Like, uh, that's like three hundred bucks. Three hundred bucks. Yeah. Which isn't that fucking ridiculous? Like, even in reais, it's the nineties. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. it's the nineties. But I still think it's too little of a ransom. Well, but I think if I'm not mistaken, like, I know that when I was little, the minimum wage was around like. 400 mm. reais so that's like oh, okay. twice the monthly minimum age i guess so mm-hmm. yeah it's a minimum wage but you can't really live in it. it's not like yeah, yeah yeah it's still i mean i don't know if i was kidnapping her i would charge more just saying <laughs> <laughs> well he's an idiot so it doesn't oh my count. god tell me about it yeah he's such a dumbass okay so she was kidnapped and the man called the family saying that she, you know she'd have a ransom and he gave them, like, an account with a PIN number and stuff for them to deposit uh, the money. At, and then he said that he was going to call later with more details. Well, he never called. After, yeah. Yeah. Then two skeletal remains were found in the park, uh, Parque do Estado, which is, you know, like, in the southern part of Sao Paulo, where there was a big piece about the case on the news. That's when Selma's dad... He got worried, of course, and he called the police station reporting her missing. He gave them her description and was told that he was going to be contacted. An hour later, just an hour later, they called him back and told him to come down to the morgue and see if he could identify Selma. Yeah, so this is where it gets mm-hmm. ugly. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, she was strangled to death with like a plastic bag of all things. And then her body was raped. Her corpse was raped. Uh, when they found her body, uh, she was naked, propped up. There were bite marks on her shoulders, her breasts, and her inner thighs. And this is very important because mm-hmm. later on, we'll talk about like why this matters. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
the body had been there just for a couple of hours. So, um, and it was right next to like another decomposing body. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So a week after finding her, the police, um, had already found six other bodies because they went looking through the park. Um, because, so when, when they found her, they found the second body. And then this little kid I was reading, um, he was walking around looking for his kite or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he found like skeletal remains. So that's why they searched the park, basically. So they had already found six other bodies within a week. And when they cross-examined the information about the bodies, they came to the conclusion the conclusion <laughs> that there was a serial killer on the loose. Yeah. So tell us about Sao Paulo since you're from there. <laughs> Let me just say something about the bodies just real quick. So it wasn't like it was like six um, fresh bodies there. It was like some were, you know, just bone and was like all kind all stages of the composition. And I had the impression that they're all like, really close together but i didn't see any kind of like um map showing any of the remains i just had the impression that i mean because there's some details i was going to talk about forward on like um i think they were all close together yeah yeah so yeah so sao paulo it's my hometown right Uh, i lived most of my life there and a lot of people don't know, but it is, like, one of the largest cities and, like, urban areas in the world. I think it is, like, the largest in the southern hemisphere, in, like, the western hemisphere. But I don't I don't believe the whole western part because there's, like, New York and stuff. So, I well, don't Well, but it's south, so maybe that's why. Yeah, southwestern. South America. Oh, yeah, believe yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. So it is really, like, huge in a lot of people. And it's the 90s. Yeah, we already said that. <laughs> and, yeah, so now we're going to talk about, you know, the huge pile of shit that the guy is. So, you want to talk about him, or? Yeah, so this piece of shit's name is <laughs> Francisco de Assis Pereira. He was born on November 29th, um, 1967, in Sao Paulo. He was described as a quiet kid. He loved bikes and bread he really liked ice skating even though ice skating isn't like a big thing in brazil um and because he liked ice skating so much um he started uh, roller skating and he was described by his neighbors as a very sweet boy mm-hmm. he got into a roller skating accident when he was eight fell and a stick went right through his ear and then he had to have surgery to have it removed and what if that like that counts as a head counts, injury. Yeah, the head injury. I think whole so. Thing. Because it's like even the, worse, you know? Because having yeah, like a it's stick like going through yeah. your ear, like, damn. You know? Yeah, and like, as most people know, if you're listening to this, you should <laughs> you know already this. know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> head injuries equals serial killers. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, um, he got held back in school because of the surgery, but that didn't really seem to be a problem because he did pretty well in school. So, he says he has a troubled childhood, so that he was sexually assaulted by one aunt of his. And, uh, yeah, the the aunt would ask him to buy her boobs. And he thought it was weird because the skin was sticky. Oh, my God. And, yeah. I mean, as a result, he kind of developed a boob obsession. Which, I don't know, like, I didn't see any, like, accounts that were not his talking about that. So, it's yeah. not that I don't believe him. But, you know, I don't, like, it's kind of, like, all over the place because... I don't know. And, I mean, I know that moms will always stick up for the kids, but yeah. um, his mom 
pretty much said that he was normal and he loved yeah. kids and she didn't really understand what the fuck was mm-hmm. wrong with him. Yeah. So he dropped out of the school to join the army where he was a corporal. He really liked wearing the suit, the uniform, which is another thing with serial killers. Like, that guy's a classic, like, all around, right? Yeah, love Spar. Yeah. So he really enjoyed roller skating. It was, like, his life. I mean, he was really good at it. He never really stopped. And, like, everybody that knew him would talk about, like, how good he was at roller skating. And he would do, like, a lot of, like, elaborate tricks. And they say that once, like, he even closed off the street and performed for all the neighbors and even, like, jumped a car that day. Jumped over a car. Allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. Because I've seen a... I'm looking right now at a picture of him on roller skates. He doesn't look good on roller skates. But, Dude, like, but I saw, like, footage when they arrested him. Uh, mm-hmm. Not when they were looking for him. Um, they had, like, this home video of him doing, like, a... Um, really? cartwheel wearing roller skates and it was like sick so yeah (laughs) oh my god i want to see that i wish we had like we could add like video Video. clips to a podcast and maybe because then you would see a visual like like, you know put us on instagram yeah Yeah, we'll post it on instagram what is our instagram we'll post a little um yeah it's oh we didn't even say the name of our fucking podcast oh my god you're gonna have to edit this and add a freaking intro talking 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 (laughs) suspiria podcast and like yeah yeah our podcast name is suspiria and uh Instagram. Yeah, this was all the intro. Welcome to Suspiria Podcast. (laughs) Yeah, we already talked about like (laughs) all the the cases. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. We're studying really well. (laughs) So, um, talk about him with the ladies. (laughs) Oh my god. So, okay. He had no trouble getting laid at all. He was kind of known for it. Like, and I'm I'm here, I'm talking about him. I'm looking at a picture of him on his roller skates. His hair is like pink and yellow here like he looks ridiculous but still he didn't have any trouble getting he laid. is pretty unattractive oh my might god might i add yeah i don't know how you Dude. know what this is funny because my dad was very well my dad is still not a very attractive man but mm-hmm. he was the ladies man so yeah. maybe there's something about ugly guys i think it's charm like <laughs> you to charm the women you know like sell yourself yeah. well enough you would get it i mean yeah, yeah. If that guy is able to like, and there's so many girlfriends and stuff on the story. Like, if that guy yeah. can do it, anyone can do it. Like, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> I, I don't. Oh my god. Okay, so by all counts, he was popular with the ladies. He had no trouble getting laid, except that he couldn't keep his dick up, really. And that happens because a goth girl almost bit his dick off once. And I bet, I mean, it should hurt, right? Like he could, yeah. he could get it like, up. He just every couldn't time. keep it up for very long. Every time he has a boner, <laughs> just so, soaring pain, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So yeah, that must be kind of, kind of awful, you know. I almost, almost feel bad for him, but not really, cause, you know. Yeah. So it seems like he wanted to like be a professional like rollerblader or whatever, but he wasn't making money with it because it's Brazil and no one cares about the arts. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> then um, he became what we call in Brazil a moto boy, Do which have is this uh, stuff here. I don't, well, not Maybe in Massachusetts because yeah. it snows like a motherfucker. <laughs> so you, you can only ride your motorcycle for like two months. Two months yeah. But a motorboy is basically a person on a motorcycle and they run errands, they'll deliver like packages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And food so, and everything. Like, yeah, they yeah. can. 
Like, the thing about Sao Paulo is that you're able to move so much faster in a motorcycle than a bike. Because it's not like they have their own lanes and stuff, but they kind of go, like, in between the cars. Cut through people. Yeah, yeah. they cut through people. <laughs> it's kind of hellish to drive there, but it must be really fun to be a motorcyclist. And, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of people's jobs, actually. It's really common. And it's good. I mean, it keeps people moving. So... Yeah, at least, like, in comparison, I don't know about Orlando, I've never been there, but mm. um, at least in comparison to Boston, there's, like, a ton of motorcycles in Brazil. I think I only see, Dude, like, so many. a few motorcycles here, and that's mm-hmm. probably, like, June, yeah. July, and that's it. It's so many. So, like, people, they don't have cars if they really need to, you know, like, they just use motorcycles. It's really common. Yeah, plus cars are hell of a price in Brazil. Like, I know, it's right? it's ridiculous. Like, the crappiest car is, like, a million dollars. Well, not Dude. tech, not literally a million dollars, but you get what <laughs> I lot, mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a lot of, like, if you're young and if you're, like, trying to, you know, get around, you're going to go on a fucking subway, like, everybody yeah. has motorcycles. It's really common. So he uh, worked for a delivery company. He lived in the office, which is very convenient. I would love a job where I can live there. I know, right? So then I wouldn't have to sit in traffic for an hour. Um, (laughs) And he lived in, like, a back room. that It was, like, a storage room or whatever. Mm -hmm. But he had his own little bathroom. And although it seemed, like, very uh, shitty to anyone... Like, someone's living in a fucking storage room. Yeah. He got a lot of women to come there and, mm-hmm. like, fuck him. So, yeah. yeah. He was known for that. His colleagues would say, like, yeah, you know, I got tired of him, seeing him, like, bringing women out of the room. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting to yeah. think that. So, he was, um, by all accounts, a pretty normal person. But he was sort of like a jerk, a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, do you want to talk about the trans woman? Yeah, so he used to live with the trans woman, Taina. And I think they had a relationship. Like, a lot of places, they don't describe it as that. But, I mean, it's kind of what I picked up, you know? And they also say, like, refer to him with the wrong pronouns and stuff, and that aggravates me. So I'm just, like, there, like, oh, my God, please respect, you know? But anyways, so um, he lived with this woman, uh, Taina, and... I said it Americanized. Jesus, hang up. Let me <laughs> say it again. Let me say it again. Taina. Taina. Okay. For a while. And she kind of, like, paid for his stuff. Even, like, when he didn't have a job, he, like, um, they had a relationship, I think. But he regularly beat her up. Like, beat her up on the stomach. 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 <laughs> and, you know, her face. And that was exactly the way he, like, would be his victims up later on spoiler yeah so it's funny it's not only was he a rapist he was also a bum who Mm -hmm. had to live off of women so (laughs) yes yeah which you know if that's your relationship you know status like no that that should not be your relationship status yeah Mm. like if that's an arrangement that you have that's all right but like you know don't be a piece of shit like don't beat them up like don't do that anyway (laughs) yeah So, when they broke up, like, they would fight a lot, and their last fight, the final fight they had, he looked at her and he said that he would be famous someday, even if it was on the crime section of the newspapers. Like, it was like, you're gonna hear from me. And yeah, dude. Ooh. Ooh. Menacing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, if, if anyone says that to you, like, anytime, just run. Like, just call call 911. Call the yes, police. police. Jesus. Help. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, like... So, 
in 95, he got a girlfriend, an old girlfriend of his, uh, Jeanette, or Jeanette in English. <laughs> he got her pregnant, and he refused to marry her, and he had a huge fight, fight with her and her family. So then she married some other guy, and he never met the kid. The other guy raised the kid and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And um, It's not like he didn't want to meet the kid. Like, he just wasn't really allowed because, you know, he refused yeah. to marry her. I think that's a, it's kind of a big deal back then. So Yeah, no, it's still yeah. now. Um, Brazil is a very, like, um, I don't want to say religious because it is very pretty religious. immoral. But it's oh my pretty, God, like, no morals at all. Yeah, but. Brazilians are, are like, huge hypocrites. Like, they'll tell you, don't do this, and the next minute yeah, well, they'll be doing, doing that. Yeah. So, um, like, having a kid out of wedlock was a big deal mm. in Brazil. It still is. I still, still have, is. like, cousins that got pregnant, and I'll hear my aunts being like, oh, did you hear that so-and-so got pregnant yeah. and they didn't get married? So, yeah, but yeah. You still, you can't have an abortion, so you're just supposed to not have sex again. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, my God sidebar let me tell you about the 90s abortions that my mom was telling me about oh she told God. me that um they used to take um this plant i forgot the name of it in in american not in american in english <laughs> in american what? uh mamona 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 it's it's like a it's like a little no, it's not. It's almost like weeds, but it's not. It's like a little ball yeah. thing with spikes. So my mom like told plants. me that they used to take the stem of it and mm. like shove up the girl's vagina because oh, no. it it was poisonous or whatever. Yeah. So they would get like infections and stuff. Oh, but that's no. them trying to get an abortion, or they would like get a whole bottle of whiskey and just drink whiskey for like oh, the man. whole night. Yeah, and That's the kids fun, were though. all born messed up. I'm yeah. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, abortion is still illegal in Brazil. Yeah, it's still illegal so. and, you know, very frowned upon. Like, people still do abortions, you know. So let's not get into that Rich debate. people. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's leave into that, you know, another Rich episode. Rich people can get abortions in Brazil whenever they want to. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, Oof. um, okay, sidebar is over. <laughs> <laughs> so she married some other guy and the interesting thing about this whole story is that she was nine years younger than him. He was 28 when she got pregnant. So, uh, no, not 28. He wasn't 28, was he? Because she was 12 or 13. Um, no, she was, they waited, like, it was like he was in love with her for like a long time. She was like a neighbor, I think. And he kind of like got really infatuated with her when she was like 12, 13, 12, but yeah. she, they kind of waited for her to, like, grow a little bit. Oh, what what a gentleman, right? Yeah, What sure. What a great person. Like, so, yeah, when she, yeah, when she was 19, it just kind of happened. Yeah, and, like, later on, he would tell the cops that they broke up because um, he didn't want to have sex with her because she was so young. Like, yeah, oh. you have a lot of morals, sure. Congratulations. And, um, <laughs> he had a diary in which he wrote, uh, Janetti. Finding someone like you won't be easy, but I'm looking for a girl, 12 or 13 years old, to dominate like I dominated you. So basically, he was a fucking pedophile. Dude, I don't, I don't know how to react to this. Like, first, first like, of all, he has a diary. What kind of, t- what kind of grown ass man serial killer has a diary? Like, and it looks just like a like a 12 year old diary. Like I've seen pictures of it. Second, well, the most like screaming thing, it's like, oh my god, he. 12, 13, dominate, like, ah! Like, yeah, like, oh my first God. of all, what did he expect her to say about this? Like, yes, please go be a pedophile and be a sadistic 
piece of shit to 12-year-old girls. Yeah, like... Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I can't even... <laughs> but this stuff, it makes me kind of confused, because his victims, they weren't on that, like, if he Yeah, they were, like, in their to, 20s. Yeah, they were, like, in their, like, you know, late, like, 19, 18, 20s. Like, I mean, that would make sense, but, like, he kind of seems all over the place to me, you know? I feel like that is sort of explained by something that we're going to talk about later, but, mm. yeah. Okay, so... Uh, in 1995, he attacked someone and was charged with illegal compelling, which basically means that you force someone by way of violence to do something. The plaintiff of the case was Alessandro Esmeria de Rivera, who fit his physical MO. He really liked um, light-skinned mi- mixed women with black hair. She said that he had parked his motorcycle by the sidewalk and chased after her grabbed her by her hair, and told her to remain quiet and just follow him. He took her to an empty lot, and the only reason she survived was because the rape was interrupted by a security guard. Oh. Yeah, that was awful. It's, um, I watched, so I watched a documentary on him that was, like, um, taped in, like, the early 2000s or whatever, Mm -hmm. and they had footage of her in the 90s and, like, in the 2000s, and she looked like, like, not oh. very great like it looked like Dude. it really took an emotional toll on her Dude, so. it must have just yeah just like being taken to a lot like that can i imagine it like, yeah and think. she said that like um as he was taking her to the lot she thought that she wouldn't survive so okay. it was really luck i think she could have been his first victim yeah man so um Starting in 1997, he would approach women saying that he was a talent scout. That's, like, the oldest trick in the book. Um, That happened a lot in the 70s. Mm -hmm. I think, um, what's that guy's name? Rodney Alcala. I think he did that, too. But to little girls. Yeah. Yeah, so he would shower them with compliments. He would say that they should be models. They were so pretty. They had such nice bodies. It must be destiny they were meeting because, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, and he would say, oh, I work for, like, a talent agency, a modeling agency. Mm -hmm. I could get you on, like, a magazine or whatever. Just come with me and let's um, do a photo shoot in the park. Yeah. Sometimes it was a modeling agency, but other times it was literally, I I work for this specific company and you should. Which one? It's um, Natura. Which makes sense. So it's like like a nature. It's like Avon, but, like, a nature. Like, they have a whole, like, nature um, aesthetic to them. So mm-hmm. they're going taking them to like the park. It's it just makes uh, a lot of sense when I like yeah because if it was like anything else, like you could just take a picture of them like riding the subway. Like it doesn't matter really. Yeah. But so yeah. So it's really easy for us to judge and say that like you got to be really dumb and naive to you know go with someone and do something like this. But like some of the surviving victims even they kind of beat themselves up for that that like i've seen uh one of the lead detectives on the case saying that he had to like kind of calm one of the women down because she was like freaking out like how can i be so dumb and so dense that i would believe in something like that but like let's all remember that the guy's a psychopath like he's hunting women that you know that he thinks will um, go with him, and he's selling something, like, he's selling a dream, a career, and a lot of those women, they weren't, like, rich by any means. 
So yeah. it's like it's like you have you know a whole prospect of career that you know it's glamorous. It's it's basically everything everybody wants, you know. And you have this guy just coming up to you. Like I have had hap- that happen to me with like people coming over and like okay, like would you be interested? And of course I say no. But yeah. like you know what I mean. And something I I think we should point out is that um, a lot of people don't really get this, um, but in Brazil, once um, if you're born poor. The chances mm. of you making it big are very, very, very small. Very, very There's small. no, like, American dream, like, I'm going to work so hard and I'm going to make no. it big. No. You're poor. You're going to work hard. People are going to steal from you. You're going to stay poor. So mm. it's that like was... Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're doomed to be, like, in the same... Because, like, uh, social classes in Brazil, they're very, like... Very strict. Almost. Yeah. It's like your whole family is, like, the same thing and... You, your yeah. grandpa and your grandpa, your grandpa, your father, your good grandpa, they're all the same, kind of like yeah, everybody kind of like. like yeah. It's funny because I saw a picture, um, I forget which city it was, but like you could clearly tell that there was like a rich side and a poor side, I think, and they oh, never mixed. I, I know what she's talking about. It's I think it was Sao Paulo, even. Yeah, yeah. So, the, yeah, so you, you have, literally see like all the houses like made of like basically fucking cardboard and like, uh, apartment buildings that has like each apartment has like their own pool in the yeah like side by side like side by side it's crazy that that's true now the social class division is true now but it was Mm -hmm. even worse in the 90s because brazil was having like all sorts of trouble with like Mm -hmm. inflation and stuff like that so yeah my mom um used to tell me that when she because my parents owned a restaurant in brazil Mm -hmm. so when like inflation was up or whatever um People would come in and be like, okay, can I have this? And it would be one price. And then the next day, it would be a completely different price. And people would mm-hmm. yell at her. But she was like, it's not really it's, my fault. Yeah, like, it's really inflation. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's understandable why these women would just, like, sort of trust him. Mm-hmm. Just because they didn't really, like, have any other prospects of being, like, not rich, but, like, yeah, uh, it's... financially stable. Yeah. Yeah, it's an opportunity that you don't think can pass. Like, even if it doesn't, you know, amount to anything, you're still, you know, hanging out with this cool dude, you know. Everybody, like, all the surviving victims, they say that they, they didn't raise any red flags. Of course they didn't raise any black, black flags, because, like, if they did, they wouldn't have come with him. But it's like, they just trusted him like that. It's, he sold himself really well. Yeah. So he would, like, ride the subway and look for women who looked sad or lonely or just, like, worried, um, mm-hmm. and he would try to spot them out and about, um, keeping their head down, like, because there's, like, there's a lot of things that you can tell about a person just by looking mm-hmm. at them, so I feel like he looked for the most, um... Vulnerable. Vulnerable person, yeah. yeah. And he knew that they must be having, like, some sort of problem at home, mm-hmm. or, like, financial, or whatever, and yeah. he was really persistent, he just wouldn't go away according to a lot of women that Mm -hmm. you victimize yeah so anyways once he had convinced the victim to go with him to this awesome photo shoot at the park he would take them in his motorcycle to Parque do Estado which this is really close to where I used to live actually and let me tell you I didn't know everything all that happened there like I I had no fucking idea until I um researched this and the park it is like it has like botanical gardens and stuff in there it's really nice where the zoo is in sao paulo that park 
And it's like, uh, there's some areas with like really dense vegetation, which is basically like a jungle in the middle of the city. So, like, you can vanish like this, you know? Yeah. So they would take him there and walk in. And, I mean, literally you wouldn't see him. Like, so the park vegetation, it's the, it's actually the, what's, yeah, the, yeah, it is the Atlantic Forest. Is that how you say it? Forest, Marco? Yeah. Yeah, forest. Yeah, forest. Uh, and it's 5,000 square meters. So that's over 16,000 square feet, which is huge. It's a lot. You know, so he sometimes would make elaborate scenarios. He would be like, you know, damn, the photo guy should be here by now. Where is he? Or, you know, we were late. We had some vans setting up here. Like, like he would, he, uh, I think we'll mention that later, but like he even like called like people on pay phones, pretend yeah. to be like having phone mm-hmm. calls with agents and stuff. Like, so he put up like the, like he put up a scene really like with those, like he really, really acted a part. Yeah. So then he, um, once, cause you know, you can only be naive for mm. <laughs> so long. So, uh, once yeah. the, the woman was like, okay, this is sketchy or whatever, or okay, you know what? I'll just come back later. Uh, we can do this at another day. I have to go home. Uh, like I have to like make dinner or whatever. He would, um, beat them up on the face, uh, punch your stomachs, bite them and eventually strangle them. He was in the habit of giving his victims the what they called the territory. So he would bring them um, the place that he would bring them to, like rape and like murder them, would be close to like another body that he had already done all of that to. Mm-hmm. So he would like throw them on the ground and be like, "Oh, you see that skeleton right there? I killed that person, and the next yeah. person is you." That's 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 torture. Like it's I can't yeah. imagine something as like as awful as this. Like oh my god. Yeah, so um, one of the uh, detectives on the case also said that one of the reasons he might have killed the women was so that he could like have a sexual experience without judgment because you know he couldn't get it up and stay up for very long, so mm-hmm. he just wanted to like have sex with someone and like basically come <laughs> with no yeah. one judging him, no so. judgment. So he would kill them and lay with their bodies for hours. He would kiss them, jewel on them. That's the word they use, jewel on them, rape them. And he would come back the next day and, you know, then the day after, over and over again until they started decomposing. That's very, So he would just hang out with the corpses. (laughs) I know, right? Like, it's almost like everything serial killers do, it's, like, included on that guy. Like, he does everything. It's crazy. Yeah. So he didn't start murdering 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 right away though murder (laughs) oh my god he didn't start murdering right away though like he started raping women first and he would let them go but um yeah actually eventually he assaulted nine women before the killing started which is crazy right yeah so in 1998 um the big year in his life um in his crime career i guess um, this girl named Isadora Franco went missing, and he, it was uh, later found that he had been cashing some of her checks. And he had um, told people that he was dating her, but her family completely denied it. They were like, mm-hmm. this guy's a lunatic. Like, she's never seen him. And it's funny because um, she didn't really fit his MO. She was yeah. blonde. She had short hair. and, and she, she looked was, really different. 
yeah, and she was pretty wealthy too. And most of the women he looked for were broke and desperate. Mm-hmm. And um, her father believed that she was murdered on February 10th of that year. Um, the reason why he believed she was murdered is because some of the checks that he had taken from her, Francisco had taken from her, were written by her. But one of them had really shaky handwriting. Mm-hmm. So he thought that she was coerced into to writing. writing the check before he killed her. Mm-hmm. So um, he ended up being like interrogated about it. But he sort of like slipped through the cracks of the judicial mm-hmm. system in Brazil, which happens all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, did you um, find out information see if he was actually convicted with her? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. He was. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Because some of the places, like this, the thing though, the victim side on this um, whole case is just so murky. Like we had to scavenge like stuff to find dates and find you know who were these women. They just go like, all right, we found a body next to another body, and then three more skeletal remains, and you're like, okay, who are those people? You know, yeah. they they talk a lot about Zadotta, but it's Zadotta and Selma because I think they were like the big ones. But like, what about the other? You know, yeah. And oh with this girl, the the girl um, is Adora, the one. Oh, is Adora? Who is are Adora. you, American? Oh. <laughs> is Adora? <laughs> is uh, with is Her parents uh, pretty much told the media that the police didn't really make an effort to find him mm-hmm. and to like arrest him because once. Um, once he alleged that he was her boyfriend and, like, he had the checks, they just sort of, like, treated it as a missing persons case, which happened a lot here and mm-hmm. it still happens a lot in Brazil. I um, I have a personal experience with this because my mm-hmm. grandmother went missing and then she was found dead. And the police, oh yeah, the police in Brazil just, like, they're very, like useless um but (laughs) yeah they are very useless Um, i mean there's cops in my family so the uh, whatever so you can say that (laughs) yeah i I can say it yeah uh please don't shoot me cops i haven't done anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah so but um her parents basically said that like had they really taken this seriously Mm -hmm. and arrested him all these women would still be alive and i saw this little clip of like the lead investigator or whatever he was like oh no we did everything we could on that investigation which of course he would say because he doesn't want to get his ass handed to him but yeah Okay, so he killed a total of 11 women and, I mean, as I said before, I couldn't really find everyone's names. And I couldn't find every rape, rape victim's names, of course, because, you know, it's private information. I respect that. But here are the names of the ones that I could find. You have Michelle dos Santos Martins. She was a dance teacher. Rosa Alves Neta. She was 21. She went on a walk through the Ibirapuera Park and never returned. That park is not the same one as the the park in question. Um, it, it's like a barbecue and roller skate kind of park. So I wonder if she was like roller skating and like did some sick tricks and like picked her up after that. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Because I've seen like, and I've roller skated on that park, right? I know. It's all, it's like, this is my hometown murder, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh then you have Elisângela Franco da Silva, Raquel Mata Rodrigues, no, not Mata, Mota, Mota Rodrigues. <laughs> she was a saleswoman and she was 23. Patrícia Gonçalves Marinho, she was a clerk, 24. Isadora Franco, 
which you know she didn't fit the mo the whole thing how old was she do you remember uh i don't think i found her age yeah she or looked I just really young didn't write it. yeah she looked like she was yeah. 20 yeah so and selma fajita kiddos who was the last victim and the first one to be identified she was found like a day after she went missing she was fresh dude and like those crime scene pictures like they gave me the chills because you see i didn't look at them don't look at it like i looked at it. i didn't look for it but it was just like kind of like you're watching a documentary and then it they just throw that picture to you. Like, yeah, oh no. Yeah, just I warn was me listening first. to it yeah. mostly because I was like doing other, th- like listening and like taking notes. Yeah. So I had like one tab open with the notes and the other tab, so I didn't see most of it. Thank God. Dude, but yeah, I no, have that's... to say, whoever the actor was who played him on the documentary that I watched, I'm pretty sure he's a famous actor in Brazil because I've seen mm-hmm. him in other things. He gave me the fucking chills. I am never gonna Dude. be able to watch anything with him again. Who is it? I don't think I. Well, I don't him. know his name. I we'll have to look it up later. Um, I'll but look he, it up. He's yeah. like he's like a B list actor. Like uh-huh. he's not like very. He's not like Fabio Sunsel. He's not <laughs> very famous. But like Dude. I've seen him in other stuff mm. before. Oh my god! I'm 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 thinking. Is he like? It sucks that I can't show you any pictures. Of you, but is it like Kyle Blatt? No. No, yeah, because Mm-mm. I don't know why I look at no. him and I go, like, he could play it, him. Yeah, I, I think he's too white, though. Well, if you, anyway. If squint. Too yeah. <laughs> he's too No, yeah, well, definitely. as if, like, white, Brazilian white guys, not American yeah. white. Yeah. Yeah, there's, but, there's um, a difference. There's, I mean, that's. Yeah. <laughs> that's, there's a big uh, difference. It's kind of like murky lines, and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So he got caught. This is a nice section i'm excited about it okay so one of the women he killed wait is it killed yeah sorry yeah start again (laughs) one of the women he killed hakel she was actually um calling a cousin when she was talking to him so she said like hey i'm here with this guy he's promising all those things and i'm going to with him to a park and then when she went missing one of the cousins kind of called the police and she was like hey this my cousin called me and um she was with a guy and then the cousin was able to, like, give, like, a, like a description of Francisco. She said that, okay, so this is my cousin's type. You know, dark-haired, 30s, good physique. Because of the whole roller skating. Like, good physique, right? And, dude, it's spot on. Like, it's his. Um, yeah. He has good physique, but not good yeah. faces, because he's ugly as fuck. Well. Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <gasps> yeah, and so um, they put this um, description out there, and when and then this when a lot of survivors start coming forward. Sandra Aparecida Oliveira, she was nineteen. She was raped in November 20, November nineteen ninety seven, and again he lured her by by offering a modeling position, and she went as far, and he went as far as faking a phone call to the model, modeling agency using a payphone. So he. Playing the part, right? They stayed on the edge of the park for a while, waiting for the team of the bottling agency to come up until he convinced her to walk into the woods. You know, let me take you some pictures of my fingers because I have no camera. <laughs> <laughs> when she when she showed kind of uncertainty, you know, distrusting, he held her in a chokehold and started beating her up. He'd tell her that he wasn't a regular thug and blame her for trusting a stranger. Yeah, that's totally on her. 
Yeah, oh that's God. something he he uh, says that he did with pretty much every victim before he killed them. He'd be like, well, see, this is your fault. You shouldn't be coming to a fucking park with a stranger, which is ridiculous. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, we can't say that enough. She bit him after he tried to force her to give him a blowjob. And when she was done hate- raping her, he tied her up to a tree. It's not the same um, dick-biting girl from before, by the way. I think yeah. It's different, yeah. Um I mean, what kind of person has that happen to them twice, though? Yeah. Right? That, like, you have to be that's a ironic. Kind of piece of shit. I mean, yeah. It's ironic, but I feel happy that someone bit him twice in the dick. So when he was done raping her, he tied her up to a tree, took some of her money, but not all because he claimed that she needed the money more than he did. What a gentleman. He apologized for what he had done and before leaving their ch- leaving her there, before leaving the tree, <laughs> she <laughs> she managed to untie herself and walked the opposite way, terrified that she he would find her. Asked people on the street for help. She had filed a police report. Now the bodies were found. A sketch artist drew him. Is this the same girl that went like naked on the avenue? Did yeah. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, that's hers. Yeah, so she yeah. um she was saying I saw an interview with her. So she was saying that she remembered like the way that they came into the park. So she was like, I'm gonna walk the complete opposite way because mm-hmm. I don't want him to find me. Cause um, she thought that he was like playing a trick on her. Playing Cause trick, why would yeah. he rape her and yeah. like tie her up and just leave her there? Yeah, and he would do so. that. He would say like, "Where well, you count to a thousand two thousand whatever and if you don't and you know if you if you get out before like i'm gonna kill you he would say that and sometimes yeah. like he would just stick around a little bit but like that's terrifying honestly yeah so um after she helped the police uh sketch his picture and whatever they uh like posted a picture everywhere and mm-hmm. they got a call from a woman who was approached by him but she didn't really like play into his thing she's like yeah no whatever i'm not interested and he kept on like insisting oh you're so pretty you're so beautiful you have such a nice body blah 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 and she was just like no dude leave me alone (laughs) but he was so smart that he was like you know what i'm telling you that i'm the real deal here's my business card you can call me my name is jean yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Jean. Jean is Billy Jean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, oh, my name is Jean. Give me a call. Um, I can hook you up. Of course, there's a fucking cop. Ignore the... My street is <laughs> like a busy... <laughs> my street is <laughs> like a busy street. So you will hear a lot of sirens oh, really? on this podcast. So You were um, talking about cops before and now they got, they got you. Oh my God, breaking it. Dude... <laughs> Did I? Oh, I didn't tell you this, no. but sidebar again. The um, fire department broke into my house once. What? Cause, yeah, because I guess my neighbor's like smoke alarm was going off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting on my bed, like brushing my hair, whatever. <laughs> Next thing you know, I hear this loud noise and I walk into the hallway and there's a fireman standing right in front of me. Nice. And I was like, excuse hello? me hello <laughs> and he was like oh we heard the smoke alarm i'm like um no. i don't think it's here and he was like okay have a good night and he just oh. left okay. and i was like 
Oh my god. Oh, yeah, better, so. <laughs> your side is better than mine because I had a fire on my apartment complex I was living in at the time and I slept through it. Oh my I god. Have, yeah. That it, is no, like, let me tell um, this whole story, okay? So we yeah. were like sleeping, like whatever, okay. And it was like a big apartment place. It wasn't like, you know, small. It was kind of far away from where I was. But we like kind of like um, went out that day. We didn't see anything really. Then we saw like a Red Cross truck. And we're like, oh my god, I wonder what's happening, right? And then we went and like we looked um, over, like noticed how the street they were building like a restaurant or something. We didn't know what it was. And we saw some news crew and stuff. And I was like, oh my god, I wonder if it's like uh, something that we don't have in Florida. You know, they're opening <laughs> something new. Oh my god. But no, they were filming us. They were filming the apartment place because it was like a huge fire. And like how. This is how much of a heavy sleeper I am, by the way. Like, like oh, no, God. no, not faced like at all. It's crazy. It looked really, like, it looked <laughs> awful. When when I saw it, I was like, huh, you know, it was like the whole, dude. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, he gave her his uh, Jean gave her the business card, and the she ended up giving that information to the police, and obviously, uh, when they um, were able to track down the company that he worked for. They told them that there was no one w- with that name there. Yeah, but, this, um, the number he put was his number, actually. What yeah, a fucking his work dumbass. Numbers, like, oh my god. Well, because obviously he didn't have a cell phone because he's a dumb idiot. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh my god. They went there looking for him, but he wasn't there. Um, he, um, The owners pointed out that they had one guy that worked there that left out of the blue. He lived there, and he just got all his shit and left out of nowhere. And he left a note saying um, to his boy, Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He left a note to his boss saying, I'm sorry, but it had to be this way. Um, Thank you for everything, my friends. God be with you. Hugs, Chico. Chico is uh, not Chico. Yeah, yeah, Chico. It's uh, a nickname for Francisco. It would be like mm-hmm. Frank and Francis. Frank. And um, he left the note and a newspaper article that talked about the crimes in the park. Yeah. He had like his description and stuff there. So that alone is a confession, in my opinion. I'm sorry. Yeah. He just like up and left. Like, yeah, in this newspaper article. Like, you yeah, gotta let be a me smart just ass about leave it, right? this. Yeah, because he thought he was never gonna get caught. And then that's when the owner, like his boss, goes and say, like, oh, by the way, you're not the first cops to come here looking for him because of his daughter. Like, he, he was investigated before. And then they go, like, oh, wait, what the fuck? You know, and that's when everything kind of starts, like, coming together because they found out that he was using her checks, right? So, you know what he was buying, by the way? Helmets. Mm, yeah. For was Kitty. He was buying helmets. Yeah, let me, like, commit oh check God. fraud to buy helmets. Because you gotta keep your head safe. It's dangerous out there, right? Yeah, I know, I don't know right? if it was, um, like, bike, like, bike helmets. I think it was literally uh, roller skate helmets. It could have been some bike, like, because he had to take the women in his motorcycle, so I would imagine that he used some helmets to beat them up with. I don't know, mm. it just sounds like something Maybe. he would do. But... Yeah, or, like, get some helmets for them or something. But, yeah, yeah, but I had, like, the impression that they were talking about, like, stores that you sell, like, roller skate parts and, you know, those things, like, skate stores. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it was literally, like, roller skating is fucking, fucking helmet. So, anyways. 
The checks were written by her herself, and the writing was really shaky, so she might have been forced to write the checks. He got caught, and okay, again, dumbass number two, right? He got caught when one of the stores asked for his ID to cash the check, right? And he gave his ID instead of his daughter's. That would be like me taking my sister's fake ID and they asked me, oh, what's your birthday? And I'm like, oh, huh, March, whatever. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Such a dumbass. Oh my god. I feel like his ego was so big that he thought he was invincible, but in reality, he's an idiot. Okay, so anyways, uh, they got his picture and showed all the surviving victims on the lineup. And all of them, no fail, identified him. Did you see the lead detective saying the story about the ice cream? No. Yeah. So one of the victims, he was the first one. She was like having an ice cream. She was like really comfortable. She was like, you know, having the ice cream. And then like they showed the lineup and she just like pointed at him like, yep, that one. Like with the ice cream. And like how badass, you know? Wow. Right? She's like, oh. She's like, yep. <laughs> yeah, sure. That, one, that guy. Like, yeah. That guy over there. No big deal. Yeah, I I don't know. I really appreciate the little bit of information. You know, like she's comfortable, like um, coming forward like that and like yeah, putting herself a lot of out there are. like that. Yeah, yeah, and like, yep, I'm I'm gonna say it's this fucking guy, and all of them, all of them identified him. So there you go. You know, I'm here yeah. knocking the table because I'm excited. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... After the whole lineup thing, um, the detectives got a call from the owner of the business where he worked at um, saying it was urgent and um, that the toilet had been like broken or whatever. It was clogged. And when they unclogged it, they found like women's jewelry and a bunch of weird stuff. And also they found Selma's ID. It was like halfway burnt because they tried to burn it and flush. Mm-hmm. They didn't even burn it all the way, idiot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good enough. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like, he literally burnt it, like, halfway. They could still read, like, her yeah. first and her middle name. Like, what? Yeah, so, uh, obviously, after that, they figure out that he was on the run mm-hmm. um, forever and ever. I mean, he was already he on, was the on the run. run but like, yeah, for, like, 20-something days? 28 Yeah. Days. It was, like, less than a month. Yeah, so, um, they found out that he, like went north of, not north, like, Midwest, Brazil, Mm -hmm. then he went to Paraguay, then he went to Argentina, and then he went back in Brazil, um, he went to Rio Grande do Sul, which is, like, very, very south, uh, not south, the very southern, the southern part of Brazil, um, it's the only place in Brazil that snows, um, but it's not, like, real snow, everyone from Boston is, like, two inches it's not real snow. Yeah, it's um, just a little bit. Just you'll know, look yeah. at it and you're like, oh, oh so nice. snow. Awesome. Yeah. So he, yeah. um, he like conned his way into this fisherman's house. Um, he was like, you know, I'm just looking for like a place to rest. I am like on a road trip or whatever, mm-hmm. looking for a job. And the guy had like a spare shed in his house. And, um, shittiest thing Francisco- ever looked at, by the way. That thing, like, how you. I mean, I'm here in my golden yeah. castle looking at it like, oh my god, how do you yeah. live? But. Yeah, but, um, the, you know, people, especially people from small towns in Brazil, yeah. like my grandparents, they're, like, they would trust 
anyone. Anyone. So um, he stayed there for like a couple of days, and this one night the fisherman was watching the news, and he saw this whole news piece about the park maniac and like about all his crimes and stuff. And at the end of the news cast, they showed like. Francisco's picture, and they showed him with like different disguises, like yeah. mustaches, glasses on, sunglasses. Mustaches. Yeah, and he was like, um, "That fucking looks <laughs> like the guy in my shed." So he like lurked his way around the shed and realized that Francisco was showering, and this brave little old man went through his shit and found his ID, and found out oh, that that God. was the real person, and he called the cops, and Francisco was finally arrested. That that brings me so much joy. Like it's a little <laughs> old man, you know. Like yeah, I got. It. And he like give interviews and stuff, and he's like walking around like yeah, I went over there. He wasn't saying the freaking serial killer. Like yeah, he's treating it like it was no big deal at all. I loved it. Yep, yep. So he was arrested exactly a month after um, Selma's body was found. So everything happened pretty fast, which is great. But it was a pretty big manhunt. It was in every newscast. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was scared of him. And yeah, it was huge at the time. So in the beginning, he wouldn't confess. He kept saying that he was the victim. So he challenged the victims to prove that he had done anything. What a piece of shit. Like, yeah, yeah prove me. Prove I did it. Like, fucking hell. He was saying that the police was blaming an innocent person and that someday they'd walk right by the killer without noticing it. He started talking about the 70... 70... Uh, how do you say that? 70... Uh, oh he, my god. He 70 talking, second time. <laughs> <laughs> he started talking after 72 hours. Oh, hours. I thought it was yeah. like 70... Like, no, place, no, Like no. first place. No, no, no. Oh, fuck. Okay. So he started talking about 72 hours of interrogation. Savage. But then a few a few days later, he confessed and said that he would take them to his daughter's body. And they took him out to the park, and he walked right up to the, her body. Like, no big deal at all. Just right, right up to it. Which is crazy. So that's uh, how her ma- remains were found. He had set her remains on fire, and they had a little bit of trouble um, in that identifying her. But they ended up um, identifying her after all. So he um, was diagnosed by psychiatrists as having um, antisocial personality disorder, and the defense tried to use the famous insanity defense. And the way they did this was very sketchy. They tried to like trick the victims into um, telling the jury that um, once he started attacking them, he like transformed into a different person. So they're like, "Oh, oh no, God. see, it wasn't him." So. Um, uh, the yeah, the defense attorneys would be like, "Oh, so what did his eyes look like? Did they look like devilish or whatever?" Yeah, so that's, bla- that's that's a great great sign. Congratulations. Yeah, so they're basically trying to like act like he was possessed by the devil or something. They didn't really say with those words, but you know, yeah, that's I've probably what they were that thinking. a lot. Like even like him saying in interviews after like that he was just like the enemy would do this or whatever and that's christian's link for the devil right yeah mm-hmm. like he was possessed and stuff which it's kind of shitty like at least take responsibility for what you did man like yeah you did it on oh purpose. my god yeah so Awful. um the way the brazilian um legal code was um set up at least at that time 
it was very difficult to um, explain that someone had like a mental health problem, but that it didn't really stop them from being responsible for their own actions. I don't really know shit about the laws in Brazil, so I don't know <laughs> if that's still true. Yeah, we but, gotta um, do some research about that because, like, we're, we're literally talking about it. Jeez, yeah, what? but that's the way Sorry, it's, it sounded like at the time mm-hmm. that um, they, like, it's not like, it, the way I saw it on the documentary, it almost made it sound like they thought the jury was too stupid to understand the difference, but yeah. Mm. So, um, it was sort of like either the person was completely insane or they were sane. There was no like in between. And the defense wanted uh, to have him committed to a mental institution um, while the psychiatrist recommended life in prison. But the prosecution opposed the mental institution thing because there's a big thing in Brazil. People will screw things up their whole lives and then they will just become Christians. Mm-hmm. And they think that all their problems are solved because now they are a reformed Christian. So nothing against Christians, guys. This is not an atheist podcast. Yeah, this is um, not anti-Christian propaganda. It's just if you're a piece of shit, like, religion is not yeah, going to solve your problems. Exactly. Like, I, yeah, that's that's how um, I was raised in a very, like, Christian, quote-unquote, household. Mm-hmm. So they think that Jesus will save you from everything, which is totally yeah, fine if you believe, believe that yeah. but i mean you just murdered people i don't think yeah. jesus wants anything to do with you yeah and there's a lot of criminals that they do some awful things are we gonna touch on that in a few episodes from now spoiler yeah but they they literally just becomes like ministers after that and they use their story as like a you know jesus saved me kind of thing which you know i'm sorry you're going to hell yeah so, like, during the trial, he said that, like, the way he lured people in was by telling them, oh, this park has a really nice, like, camping ground and whatever, let's go camping. And he said that what people said about him faking being a talent scout was all lies and bullshit. And um, that the victims, the surviving victims, were just trying to, like, show off because he was famous now. Yeah, famous for being a jerk. And, um... <laughs> His defense team said that the surviving women had been raped by another guy, Mm. Márcio Rogério Xavier, which was also a motorboy, and he also was raping women in that same area. What are the odds, right? And he sort of resembled him physically, although I didn't find pictures of this Márcio guy, so I can't um, attest to that. But uh, Francisco is a very plain guy, like so. I feel yeah, like he's... anyone could look like him because he doesn't have anything very yeah. distinguishing about him. So maybe that's why he said, like the defense team said, yeah. they looked alike or whatever. Oh, okay, I'm seeing him. Mm, I mean, if you squint, maybe. Yeah. So see, uh, they don't look alike. I mean, he he looks like that guy. Like I look like that guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Just like I look like Beyonce. Oh, oh yeah, you look just like Beyonce. <laughs> it's almost. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can't even tell us apart. Are you know, kidding me? I know, if you put it side by side. <laughs> yeah. So he was sentenced to 268 years in prison. I was very pleasant, pleasantly surprised by that. Because I, I see like people being convicted of like, awful, awful crimes and they're convicted to like 
17 years in prison in Brazil. So when I saw that whole like huge number like that, which we don't have like death penalty or anything or life in prison. Or really. life in prison. So like they just convicted him of, like a huge um number of years, which I don't know, it was a good um surprise for me. Like I was really um happy with that number. He was found guilty for Isidoro's murder, forgery and concealment of a dead body, 24 years, for the murder of Haza and concealment of her body which, that's 16 years, uh, for the murder and concealment of Patricia, he was found guilty of 20 years and 4 months. For the murder and concealment of Selma, he was found guilty for 20 years and 9 months. For the murder and concealment of two unidentified victims, he was found guilty for 19 years and 16 years, respectively. A unanimous jury <laughs> found him sane and guilty. The judge sentenced him to 168 years and 4 months. Now, I don't know, like, what else crimes, because he did, um, 268, right? So, yeah, uh, maybe he was found guilty of other stuff that we didn't really find, because his Wikipedia page says 268 years, but then Mm -hmm. on the documentary, as they were reading off the charges, they said that the total was 162 years and four months, so, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe just like, oh, I had 100 years of that, because such big shit. And like, yeah. yeah, just just do that. Right in two thousand, there was a riot on his prison, and they kind of didn't hear about him for a while, so they just kind of assumed that he was dead because a lot of prisoners there wanted him dead. But he didn't die; he's alive after all. Yeah, and it's uh, just to point out the whole prisoners wanting him dead thing. I know it's a very, 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 very common thing, um, common theme that um, rapists get raped in prison mm-hmm. here and in Brazil. But a lot of times in Brazil, the rapist gets killed within the first yeah. couple of years. Um, they don't, like, even serve the whole sentence because rape, uh, I think, across the board is considered the worst type of crime mm-hmm. ever. Well, rapists and child murderers, they die very yes, quickly in Brazil. child rapists. Yeah, they... Yeah, so um, yeah. that's also prisons- why... The prisons are different than, like, they are here. You're not thinking about, you know, the kind of, like, orange and new black cells, you know. Yeah. Kind of thing. It's more, like, it's it's a different kind of setting. So those things, they do happen really easily. We are going to cover something very interesting that happened in a prison and that became a very famous movie Ooh. with a very famous actor who is ah. in Westworld. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want people copying my episode yeah idea. you're gonna you're gonna have to wait and see <laughs> exactly yeah so um he uh has charged in the past a hundred thousand reais which is the equivalent to like 30 grand for an interview so he like even though he was arrested he was caught he was found guilty he still thinks he is the motherfucking shit mm-hmm. he got married while in prison became a christian what did we tell you we just told you that that was gonna happen yep and he still receives a ton of love letters from women like all over the country that just want him so bad do you want to tell the listeners what one of the letters i'm gonna read one of those letters okay because i i just love this so much all right so okay are we putting like a song on top of this? You know, like a romantic. Yeah, we're okay. gonna we're gonna make it romantic. Oh, all right. So get ready, guys. This is a ride. I don't know what I should do to distract you, but I have an idea. First, I want to say that I desire you every night. It's really good. 
I think you're hot. <laughs> my, <laughs> how do you translate that? Fogoso, it's Fogoso, like, like fiery, my fiery horny man. man. Yeah. Jesus Christ, there's no not even translation. That's how bad it tacky. is. Tacky. <laughs> uh, tacky. Oh, Jesus, you're right next to me in my heart. After I get home, I want you, body and soul, loving you. I know about your secret behavior, so please be calm. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know you like to rape and kill women, know, but so please chill out because I'm fine with that. So, um, it, like, since he was... turned so fast. Since he was convicted, was he convicted in 98? I think I he think was so. convicted in yeah, 1998. So he should be released soon because um, there's this beautiful thing about oh my, my country. God. I love you, Brazil. So uh... we don't have the death sentence and we don't have life in prison. Yet we convict people to like a hundred years in prison. Two hundred sixty-eight. So, yeah. So, you know what happens after thirty years? They pretty much automatically get released. So, oh, and sometimes it's even less than that. If you like, if you behave are, good in the prison, yeah, they will release you. They will release you. Which, which you know, is congratulations ridiculous. to the Brazilian legal system. Yeah. So oh he God. was convicted. Yeah. <laughs> he was convicted when he was like in his twenties. Let's say twenty-nine, right? This motherfucker is going to get released when he's 59. You know Mm -hmm. how many people he can still victimize when he's 59? Like, I've heard of, like, 90, not 90, okay, 70-year-old men that rape Mm -hmm. little kids. Imagine a 59-year-old guy. Yeah, and we have established that he does like little kids. And did you see the interview that he did with, I think it was Datiana or what, that he said that he really likes little girls, like, he really wants to have a daughter? That gave me the chills. Chills, the chills. Chills, the chills. The chills. No, but like, yeah. I'm hoping, because you know, the legal system in Brazil fails people all the time, but people mm-hmm. don't fail each other. So release this yes. motherfucker. Release him. He will get happens. lynched. Yeah. He will get murdered. Yeah, let me just make a prediction here. I think that he's going to be released. Next day, he's going to be um, murdered. No, not murdered, but he's going to become a priest on like one of those big <sighs> mega churches. A pastor, maybe. A pastor. A priest. Yeah. A pra- pastor. Like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna tell his story, like, you know, Jesus. Yeah, um, there's yeah, a lot of, like, better. drug lords in Brazil that became pastors. Pastors, yeah. Um, I don't... I, I'm not involved with religion here in Me America, neither. so I don't really know. But pastors make bank in Brazil. Yeah, they the do. The only honest pastor that I know, I'm not saying... I'm not biased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, the only honest pastor that I know is my uncle. He has mm-hmm. a very small church, and he really, like, gives back to the community. But other yeah, than that... Yeah, no, those are awesome. But, like, those big ones, they have huge shows. And Brazil Dude. is, like, religion, like, in government. So it's mm-hmm. it's really influential, and it's kind of easy. It's, it's almost like an easy way out to, like, have a career Yeah, like, like if, you don't wanna, if you don't want to go to college and you're not rich, just become mm-hmm. a fucking pastor and... There's money will rich. come to you if you play it right. And that guy's already famous, so, he, so I mean, I, I do think he's going to become a priest of some kind. Yeah, like, it's funny because um, there's this big, 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 big church in Brazil. Church. There's actually two of them here in Boston. I've seen it's one called of the, the Universal, Universal Church. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, when I saw it, I was like, where the fuck am I? I left for a reason. Like, why are you guys yeah. here? You guys, oh my They're god. In my, oh. Home, in my home city in Brazil, in Belo Horizonte, it's probably multiple of them but there is a fucking gigantic chapter of this church 
and oh the stuff like on the outside it's like covered in gold Dude. like like that actual gold and I'm like, there's homeless people literally in front of the yeah, church. and they do nothing. And this do, fucking yeah. thing is covered in gold. Oh, and they will, like, oh, I don't want to go off on, like, a rant about <laughs> churches. But I'm just like, uh, they'll literally be like, you don't have money? Just give us a credit card. Just give <gasps> us a check. Yes, there's, like, like, videos of that stuff. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. So let's not go off on a tangent. Uh, so, yeah, guys, see. this was the Maniaco de Parque, the Park Maniac. Yeah, so... That's good, because, yeah, let us know if you guys had heard about him before, or, you know, because he had, I mean, he is, like, I think one of the best, like, known serial killers from Brazil out there. Yeah. So, yeah, really, you know, heavy hitter <laughs> from yeah, the first one. First episode, yeah. heavy hitter. I think we did fine. We did well. I think so, too. Yeah. And let us know, like, if you have any suggestions about yeah, things you that think we you should do. Hear. Yeah. And even, like, not even just cases, but, like, if you want us to, like, do things a different way or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Any yeah. good criticism is Any good criticism. Welcome. And bad criticism. want to hear about it, you know? Yeah, like, don't... You guys, like, you guys are going to have a sassy response. I'm sorry. Just kidding. Okay. Yeah, like, I know that I don't pronounce all words right, like, especially, like, rural. Like, what the fuck is Rural. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not gonna apologize for my accent. You know, I speak two languages. You guys can suck my dick. Just kidding. Cut that off. Cut that off. <laughs> Cut that off. <laughs> yeah. So as yeah. I said, um, our Instagram and our Twitter. I don't use Twitter, but Carol yeah. will be in charge of that. Mm-hmm. Um, is Susperia Podcast? Um, oh, every we have social a media Facebook media page Podcast. too. And we're both yeah, on that one. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Really good. However you guys yes. found us, thank you. Thank and I you hope you guys much. enjoyed it, really. Because we, we had stay fun. stay tuned for the next episode. We will do we will do other Latin American crimes, not mm-hmm. just Brazil. We're just focusing on the Brazilian crimes first because those are the ones we know the most. Yeah. So, if you have any suggestions of things that yeah, happen in anything, Latin America. Yeah, anything that we might not know. Because we, we like, you know researching about those crimes and you know finding out what happened yeah exactly so yeah i'll see you guys later see you guys bye bye (laughs) no i don't say bye because you know we need a different one